Welcome to Screw the Hierarchy, episode 99. This is your host, Deb Falzoy, and this week we're talking about why we are not our thoughts. We're talking about limited beliefs, the stories we choose to tell ourselves, and how to how to change the patterns in our heads. I'm talking this week with leadership coach Carissa Carbon. I'm really excited to have her here. She's going to be in a couple more episodes because she has a lot of brilliant things to say. So are you ready to hear what Carissa has to say more after this? If you're a target of workplace abuse and want to break free of the grips of abusive power, you've found your place. I'm your host, Deb Falzoy, and the podcast begins now. Before I get started today, I want to talk about Patreon. I have a new Patreon account at patreon.com slash screw the hierarchy, and I have a really quick survey on there about what kind of rewards you'd like. Everything from early access to episodes, to exclusive episodes, behind the scenes content. Okay, so what's the impact of the stories in our heads? Oh man, what isn't the impact of the stories in our head? Um, I love this question because for years and years, I thought that the voice in my head was who I was. So I thought that the stories, the thoughts that were kind of spiraling were fact. I thought they were true and that's just the way the world was. And when I started to kind of dive into going through a divorce about 10 years ago and realizing that my life really wasn't what I thought it was going to be, or I had checked all the boxes and I just wasn't as happy. I noticed that I was spiraling into very dark negative stories. I blamed myself when I chose to leave my ex-husband. I thought, you know, I can't believe I did this. I basically, I felt like I had lied to him, even though it wasn't an outright lie. It was simply, I was growing up and I was learning more about myself, but I put a lot of pressure on myself and I felt incredibly guilty. So the stories in my head at that time in my life were very dark and negative. I thought I'm stupid. How could I do this? I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm never going to figure out life. And I tended to think in kind of these black and white, very negative terms. And so what I noticed and I'm very grateful that I had people in my life who noticed this too, was they, they kind of shook me awake and said, hey, wait a second, these stories aren't necessarily true. They might be your opinion, they might be your current reality, but they are not fact. And so what I've learned, especially over the last decade, as I have done a lot of my own internal work, is that we have the power to change those stories. And so when you ask about the impact of those stories, For me, when I think about the negative self-talk that I was really stuck in for a long time, I felt, I just felt insecure. I wasn't confident in myself. I didn't believe that I had value to add in the world. And after, and I'm, it's still a work in progress. I'm certainly not done by any means. I still have those thoughts that crop up here and there, but now for the most part, my thoughts are very positive and I'm very confident in myself. And more importantly, I notice when those negative stories come up, this just happened to me yesterday, actually, I was able to sit and notice without becoming attached to the story. I was able to say, okay, that's what I'm feeling right now. These are the thoughts that are coming up. 
I don't have to buy in. I don't have to allow myself to spiral as a result of the stories that are coming up for me. What was that um, process like for you? Like, how did you go from um, kind of like resigning yourself to the, the negative thoughts to like choosing your thoughts or like detaching from your thoughts? Like, what was that? What was that process like? Or how did you how did you do that? Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, for me, and I, I'll say that the journey is different for everyone, right? So everyone has those, what I call disconfirming experiences in a different way and it manifests differently. So for me, I had several experiences that really kind of held up a mirror to the stories that I was telling myself that, that shook me out of that story to say, wait a second, I was confident yesterday. Now I hate myself today this is very inconsistent. <laughs> what is going on here, right? Which voice should I be listening to? So for me, it was those disconfirming experiences and I love to learn. Uh, my friends tend to make fun of me because most of the time when we're having a conversation, I can't go more than half an hour without making a book recommendation. <laughs> I just, I love to learn. I love to read. So my preferred modality of learning is to read and consume books. So I started diving into a lot of books in this area. So one person who I'm sure you're familiar with, Deb, who has really shaped my life is Brene Brown. Um, are you familiar with her work? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love Brene Brown. So I love her work and she really helped guide me through that process of recognizing my shame stories and those guilt stories that were coming up. And then I also, I attended workshops, I hired a coach and I started looking for people in my life. You know, they say that we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And when I started looking at that average, for me, it, it, I really wanted to intentionally go out and attract those people who were already a couple steps ahead of me on this journey. So I was able to surround myself with people who had been through it, who could share their stories, who could offer their support in how to detach or how to change those stories. And so now I'm incredibly grateful and fortunate. I get to work with clients to help them do the same thing. Great. Um, what are some examples or like some, I don't know if, you know, with clients or with your personal um, examples or just like, what are some examples of, of those changing changes in our belief systems? Like, some of those transformation stories? Yeah, I've got one that comes to mind because it just happened to me a couple of days ago. I noticed the change in myself. So I'm right now I'm getting ready to finish my master's in leadership and organizational development. So I'm getting ready to write my thesis. My initial steps on this were I came up with this idea I was very excited about, very enthusiastic to do some research. I thought I had a really great idea and I still think it's a great idea to be fair. Um, but when I started to do my initial research in the literature, I found a study that was almost exactly what I wanna do in my research project. And what I noticed in that moment was how far I'd come because a few years ago, even four or five years ago, if this exact same thing had happened, I would have spiraled. I would have told myself, you're stupid. There's no point in you even trying. Everything you wanna do has already been done before why bother even trying? And what I noticed when that happened to me just a couple of days ago 
I got really excited, Deb. I, I was optimistic. I was hopeful. I said, wow, I'm not alone in this body of work. I don't have to necessarily lay the foundation. I'm part of a community of like-minded people who have already been doing work in this area. So I started reading these studies and I just got more excited because my ideas started spinning and I thought of ways to build on that initial research idea that I had. And so I got really excited to contribute to this existing body of work and be part of that community. And so for me, it was a really beautiful experience to just stop and appreciate, wow, all this work I've been doing is really paying off. I love that. I love the, that um, idea of like reframing or oh yes yeah yeah um so what a what services do you offer like how do you how do you work with with people um yeah can you tell us about that yeah absolutely so i'm a leadership coach so i work with leaders primarily in the corporate setting um i'm not married to that uh if someone if a nonprofit leader or a founder of a startup comes to me i love to work with leaders from all walks of life but i work primarily with corporate leaders to achieve career mastery through introspection and impact. So I've developed my own proprietary coaching methodology that I use one-on-one -on -one with clients where it's a step-by-step -step process that really helps dive into identifying those stories, letting go of them so that we can better imagine the future and the life that we want to create. Because one of the most powerful things for me to realize was as much as we've been conditioned to believe it, there is no one size fits all approach to happiness and fulfillment. As much as we're taught to believe that we have to have the nine to five, we have to have the steady paycheck, we have to get married, have the kids, have the, the white picket fence, whatever it is. I think we're luckily waking up to the idea that actually that, that works for some people and that's amazing, but it doesn't work for everyone. So when I work with clients, it's really about kind of unlearning that conditioning that we've been exposed to over the course of our lives through society, culture, our family, our friends, all of that, to really start to listen to that internal voice so that we can, what I call, uh, become the leader of our own lives. When we're victim to those stories, when we're following our conditioning or what people expect of us, we aren't actually leading our own lives. It might look like it, but we are actually simply following the path that has already been laid before us. So I work one-on-one -on -one with clients to really imagine that future and help create that action plan so they can take small daily action to live into that life that they want and to be that person that they want to be. So right now I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is highly customized, um, very impactful. And then I'm actually also hosting a leadership retreat in January of 2022 in Sedona, Arizona, which will be a sort of a container for this concentrated, accelerated experience where I will guide participants through a condensed version of what I just described in my coaching methodology. Um, one day I will also be hosting a, a group coaching program, but hasn't been developed yet. It's still in the works. Great. I'm just curious, what are, are there some like common, um, limiting beliefs that, that leaders tend to have? Um, oh yes. <laughs> things that they're like, a a pattern or, or, or like a trend in, in things that they want to unlearn. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely some themes and patterns. One, I'll say two of the, the 
limiting beliefs that I have found most common and most damaging in leaders. One is I am what I do. This idea that my self-worth, my value as a human is tied to what I accomplish or what I do externally. So a lot of what I work with clients on is helping them recognize that even if we never got another promotion, if we never, you know, helped the bottom line of any other company, if we just simply are, if we choose to be, then we are worthy. So that's definitely a limiting belief that comes up a lot. And then another one specific to leaders is I should have this all figured out. I should know the answers. And a lot of times because of that pressure that leaders put on themselves, one, uh, it just, it's a lot of stress to live under, right? Trying to think that you need to have all of the answers and have it all figured out. And spoiler alert, especially if you've been living through the last 18 months, nobody has it figured out. We are all flying by the seat of our pants. We are all living day to day as best as we can. So one, that pressure to have it all figured out often can lead to overworking ourselves, burnout, negative relationships in our marriages, our partnerships, our families. So it's not just about what happens in the workspace. Uh, I'm a firm believer that we are whole authentic people and we cannot compartmentalize as much as we like to think we can. We can't leave who we are at the door of our workplace. A lot of that, it goes back and forth, right? And so the other thing that it can really do that damages a team and a culture is trust and vulnerability, right? We hear so often, especially these days, fail fast. It's okay to make mistakes, right? We don't have to only get everything right. But as a leader, and especially if you're a parent, you might know this, uh, do as I say, not as I do is not an effective leadership technique, right? People hear what you say, absolutely, but they're looking to your actions and they're looking at your behaviors to see if you're living into those words. So if as a leader, I tell you as my, my employee or my team member that it's okay to make mistakes, that you don't have to be perfect, we'll figure it out but then I never share any of the mistakes that I have made. I never share any of the lessons that I've learned. Then I'm actually being a hypocrite in that moment. And I'm actually damaging the trust with my team, which means that they're now going to hide their mistakes. And as we've seen time and time again, this means that by the time the mistake comes out or the learning lesson or the opportunity, whatever word you want to use for it, by the time it comes out, Oftentimes, a lot of damage has already been done, and it's really hard to pivot and adapt quickly. So this idea of needing to have it all figured out, I can't show vulnerability, I can't share my mistakes with my team, I think that is a huge limiting belief that I've seen time and time again. Yeah, so it's just, it sounds like the themes are kind of let yourself be a human and let other people be human and you know yes yeah. yes absolutely yeah. I'll give yourself permission to be human yes I yeah. think that is so important because as I said even if we feel that the people on our team in our organizations our companies we want to give them permission to be human again if we're not living into that if we're not really demonstrating and showing up that we're giving ourselves grace we're being patient with ourselves then it's just lip service at that point. It, people don't actually believe you because they don't see you being vulnerable and stepping in and owning that. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. How, how do people reach you? 
if you can get the spelling of my name right, it's not hard to find me. <laughs> That's the biggest obstacle. Um, one R, two S's. I always like to remind people of that. But I have a website, carissacarbon.com. I'm very active on LinkedIn and Instagram. I love social media because I love the community that we can create with people who live across the world or across the country. So social media, LinkedIn and Instagram, I'm at Carissa Carbon, very easy to find. And then uh, on my website, you can also sign up for my newsletter or uh, sign up to get more information about my leadership retreat in January. Great. Can you actually tell us a little bit more about this retreat in January? This sounds, being in Arizona yes. in winter sounds awesome. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That was very intentional. <laughs> I, I am based in Colorado. Uh, so come January, you know, we've already had some snow and I like to joke that I'm tropical. So I need to go somewhere warm every month or I just turn into a popsicle. I'm happy to share some information about my retreat, but I will also be intentionally somewhat mysterious um, because this is a highly experiential immersive experience i will not be publishing the full itinerary because this is a journey in trust trust in yourself to invest in ways that maybe you haven't before right oftentimes we are taught that it is selfish to spend money on ourselves to invest in ourselves and in today's culture of consumerism of the latest gadget the latest iphone the latest status symbol that we can accumulate, doing the internal work isn't always as obvious. So it can be really hard to step into that investment to recognize that we are worthy, right? We deserve it. So it's an exercise in trust in yourself and an exercise in trust in me. So very high level, uh, I will share, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, there may also be some challenging times, right? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. As we've talked about doing some of this internal work, overcoming your limiting beliefs, it's not always roses and rainbows, right? It can be challenging. And that is why I'm so passionate about creating a safe space and a container for, for you to get a little vulnerable, for you to stretch outside of your comfort zone. So we will have a beautiful, beautiful venue where everyone will stay on site full time. Like I said, highly immersive. You're not going to come in for a nine to five and then go back to your hotel. You're going to stay on site on premises. Um, I will incentivize the first uh, few people who sign up for this retreat will get their private room. A couple people may have to share if you wait and sign up later. Um, so there's a little uh, incentive to sign up sooner than later, but we will have some hiking yoga, we will have delicious and nutritious food. And then it'll be really workshop style. It'll be highly interactive. I'll be walking us through some guided meditations that I've created intentionally to uh, align with the theme for that day, whatever that theme is. But we there will be a lot of a lot of fun. Um, sometimes that might not be as fun, but then the, the last day is really going to be about how do we put this into action? Because my commitment to each and every person who attends this retreat is to help you leave here with a clear idea of how to put it into practice. We've all attended, you know, the conference or the workshop or seen that amazing TED talk. And we've thought, wow, I'm feeling really inspired. What do I do now? And so that will be a very intentional part of the retreat is making sure you leave with an action plan of tangible, small actions to put into place to really help you step into that life that you want to live. 
Great. That sounds amazing. What, what are the dates for it? Yeah, it'll be January 12th through the 16th. So uh, Martin Luther King weekend in January. Most of us, especially in the corporate sphere, have a long weekend. Um, so it's based around that weekend. So folks will come in Wednesday evening, and then it'll be all day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they'll depart on Sunday to head home. Great. That sounds amazing. Um, all right. So any, any parting words for our listeners today? I would love to just say, I see you. I acknowledge you. The time that we are going through right now is incredibly difficult. We are living through chaos. We are living through mounting tensions. We are living through a lot of polarization in today's society. And so I would just love to acknowledge each and every one of you for being here, for sticking with it and trusting in yourself to get through it. Thank you for listening to Screw the Hierarchy. If you feel like you need more help, I have a free guide to recovery steps at dignitytogether.org targets and a sign up for daily boosts through your inbox at the same place. All of the content in this podcast was created and edited by yours truly, Deb Falzoy, and the music you heard is from Kevin McLeod. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you on the next 